QC Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. Hello, my name is Brittany Gallego, and this is a QC Podcast. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queen's College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org slash qcpod. Today on the QC Pod, English professor Jason sits down with Jorge Villas, assistant director of the freshman year experience program, and peer mentor Rihanna Headley to talk about what every student new to Queens College should know. Like Rihanna coordinates our Instagram and is like a very, very good social media coordinator of like always posting stories, but not just resources about our program, but also things across the college. Uh, and as well, we started our TikTok over the summer, just trying to meet students where they're at. Jorge, you're a graduate of Queens College, and you also have an MA from CCNY. Oh, my MA is in language and literacy um, from okay. City College, which is through their English department. Um, it, spe- it specifies on the education of adults, mm. um, which can take a variety of paths, one of those paths being higher education. Oh, nice. And what did you study at Queens College? Mm-hmm. I was an English major at Queens College. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Good for us. I'm I'm a big fan. (laughs) I'm a big fan of the Queens College English Department. A lot, a lot of cool people. And Rihanna, you are a peer mentor in the First Year Experience Program, correct? Yes. And are you also a graduate of the First Year Experience Program? Um, Technically, yes, I am a graduate of the First Year Experience Program. What's your major? I'm a major in Urban Studies. Oh, great. Have you taken a class with Natalie Vena? Yes, I have a really great professor. She's fantastic. Um, okay, well, so my first question is, is one for each of you, which is if you could each just tell me a little bit more about your background and Jorge, how that led to your position in the first year experience program and Rihanna, how you became a peer mentor. And you can go in either order, whoever wants to go first. Sure, I can go first. Um, So basically, before I was a peer mentor, I was a student that was just looking for more support with my academic career. So I stopped into the office, and one thing I noticed was how welcoming the environment was. So after receiving help from the program, I decided to put in my application, and that's how I ended up as a peer mentor. And I saw it as an opportunity to be in that position to help other students as well. Oh, that's fantastic. So let's hear from Jorge about how they got here. Uh, So I was a peer mentor in this program as well as an undergraduate at Queens College. Um, Previously, first year experience started out as freshman year initiative, or or as it was known around the college was FYI. I believe it was 1997 when the per, when the when the college first received a grant uh, to start FYI with the focus of the program being designing learning communities that paired freshman English or first year writing with the general education pathways course, um, and the program thrived like that uh, for for quite a while, about two decades, uh, right before the pandemic. Uh, our former director, Megan Pelslowski, uh, pushed toward renaming and re-envisioning the program as first year experience. Um, I had been a peer mentor in the program when she was first brought on as associate director. Uh, when she took the position of director, she had remembered me and remembered the my input. Um, 
I really just loved working with students. It, it was just very fun. I, when I think of myself as a freshman at Queens College, um, I was just very reserved and I would just hide around different corners of Kylie Hall and I, I really don't feel like I took advantage of all the cool opportunities and it wasn't until I was a sophomore and became a peer mentor in this program that I was really exposed to just all the cool opportunities at QC but more than anything just all the cool people and people being all the students that I was getting to know as well as just like a really really wonderful faculty and staff um, and it really just made me fall in love with the Queens College um, in a really meaningful way. Um, after I graduated with my English degree at Queens College, I started to work um, at the SEEK program at Queens College and their writing center, eventually as a supplemental instructor, TA in first year writing courses. Um, at that point, I had also started graduate school at City College, and I learned about my graduate program through Marco Navarro, who's the director of the writing center at Queens College. Um, so I just started, I'd been about a year into graduate school and our former director, Megan Pelslowski, reached out to me, uh, letting, me letting me know she was moving up to be, or being promoted to be the director of the program and that they were gonna be looking for an assistant director. Um, and with my graduate studies being focused in adult education and the various paths it could take and just the positive impact that FYI, now FYE, you know, had on me as an undergraduate and, and took very shy, introverted me and, and really brought out, you know, a lot of my best qualities. I, I couldn't say no to the offer. Um, and, and that brought me here today. I love that. Does the name change to first year experience? My guess is that it, it expands the program so that it also encompasses transfer students. Is that right? Exactly that. Um, so right around 2019 going into 2020 we were starting to put more of a focus on supporting new transfer students at Queens College um, so we're, we broadened our program to first year experience so it's all first year students uh, and our freshmen as well as our new transfers and especially what we've seen uh, coming slowly out of the pandemic is with all the students coming to campus there are many first year students because it's their first time on campus so really our mm -hmm. program was really fundamental last spring and this fall with the sheer amount of sophomores, juniors, and seniors who started at Queens College but knew nothing about navigating the campus now that, now that they were here. Uh, so that was a really fun experience for our program, so supporting first-year students in the many definitions that may take. That's great. This is going to be kind of a lightning round. I have three questions that are for each of you to answer. And the first one is, what are three things you think any student new to Queens College should know? Sure. Um, so one of the first things that I would say that a student needs to know about Queens College is that really the professors are there to support you, so don't be intimidated in approaching them and using them as a resource and also like really trying to form a relationship with them to where it's not just um, support academically, but maybe they can also be someone that helps you find your next job or internship opportunity. So that's one of them. So the second thing I would say is to step outside of your comfort zone. That's something that I um, kind of told myself as I was going through my first year as a student here to just step outside of my comfort zone. I feel like that's what helped me find a lot of the different opportunities that I did get while 
being a first year student and then continuing on now until my senior year here is to just continue stepping outside of my comfort zone. And I guess the last one would be to have fun because even though this is a college campus where you're trying to do well um, academically and be successful, you can also have fun and try to be more present on campus, which is easier for me as a student that dorms, but I would also encourage um, the commuting population of Queens College to also stay here sometimes and look to see what other events are being offered so they can meet more people and become more a part of the community here. Great. Jorge, what about you? Firstly, I always like to tell students, especially new students, that you know you deserve to be here. Um, we, we throw around this term imposter, uh, imposter syndrome very often, and I think it's easy to feel like you know, did I earn my place at college? And, you know, and, and that that carries with us throughout our entire lives, you know, as we go into new fields and take on new experiences. But I really want to affirm you were accepted here, you were admitted, you have committed, like you deserve to be here, you deserve, you know, to take up as much space as you would like here. Like we, we all, other students, faculty, staff, just want new students to thrive and, and that, you know, and to remember in challenging that imposter syndrome that the key to success in college is not determined by like a single class but it's determined by the entire journey your entire you know your your entirety of however many years you would like to spend at Queens College you know you're here to learn how to study to manage your time to be good to yourself you know so so my first big thing would just be prioritizing growth and and looking at the big picture you belong here um, my second thing would just be get involved with the different clubs and, or and organizations. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but Rihanna is one of my favorite people on campus because she's the student I wish I was. And she's involved with like every club and organization and in many of those clubs and organizations in leadership positions. Um, so many of them under the sun at QC. Uh, so, so get involved. I was briefly a part of like the night news for like one or two semesters, which was really fun. Um, I went to philosophy club a handful of times and, and that's how I made my best friend that I am still friends with today. And through a philosophy club event, I met someone that I went, went on to be like a long-term partner uh, and like one of my best friends in my life. And they're not a QC student. They just happened to be friends with a QC student. And it was because I went to a philosophy club event on a Thursday wow. night because my parents wouldn't let me go to a concert, you know? And so it's just like the beautiful, like synchronicity of things, you know, because I got the, like just a little bit involved with Queens College, I got years and years, <laughs> years like back of just rich experiences. Um, and my last thing would just be explore, explore every building, <laughs> like physically explore every building. There are so many weird hallways and classrooms and you know i was debating today whether i would mention like the tunnels on the podcast but like the tunnels are so fascinating the whole history of qc being a boys reform school is like fascinating um uh, that you know i think it's really easy to just go to class go home but it's like you you know you pay tuition like this is your campus like go explore it's weird it's interesting you know um uh, so, so those would be my three things. That's such great advice, partly because what you're talking about is community on all levels, really, right? That students make this campus what it is, right? It's not, it's, if it weren't for the students, it would be a whole other experience. And 
Also, if you take a chance and try something you wouldn't normally do, you might end up changing your life the way that you just described, Jorge. Uh, we'll get to the other lightning rounds, but I think we have to hear about Rihanna's various involvements with uh, school organizations. What are they? What, and what are your leadership positions? Yeah, she's so cool. So um, <laughs> I think it would be interesting to mention that when I first applied to Queens College, I knew that it was a school to look at on my list. But something that really solidified the, um, I guess, accepting the letter to attend Queens College as a student was the fact that I was already receiving emails, which I encourage everyone to look at, emails about internship opportunities. So my first opportunity to really um, lean into the opportunity of being more present on campus was the Google CSSI program, which was an internship of coding, and I'm in no way a computer science major. I don't know how to code. I didn't even know the different languages. I only thought that a Python was a snake, but now I'm here to tell you that Python is also a language, <laughs> and it's just after that I just kept going. I did a Saru fellowship program to learn more about how to basically be the person in a room to talk about different topics that might be hard to bring up, like how to address if someone brings up something that may be an example is like racist or um, maybe xenophobic. So that was another opportunity I had, followed by another internship with computer science, which I just kept throwing myself into different opportunities. And eventually I ended up in the first year experience program. Um, I got involved with student government here on campus, where first I was the philanthropy chair because I really wanted to um, be an example of our motto, which is learning so that we may serve. So I wanted to give back to the community. And eventually I fought my way up to the position of becoming the secretary, which is really exciting. I never thought I would be in that position as someone that's also an introvert, but I found my way in <laughs> the position as a secretary for our student government. I also had the opportunity to become a board member for the Committee for Disabled Students, which I felt was a really cool opportunity because um, I would say the people in the Club for Committee for Disabled Students are really nice students. They're there to help all students and be the voice for students that need the services that they need. And they were just willing to welcome me with open arms. And I learned a lot more about what all types of students on campus need and hear more about the different voices and concerns of students so that's when I kind of tied both positions together of being a member of the Committee for Disabled Students and Student Government together to make sure that all students voices were being heard so those are a few examples <laughs> I love it I love it that's fantastic shout out to the Center for Career Engagement and Internships first of all and I'll just add this little fact because I think it's it's good for people to know. I'm the internship coordinator for the English program. And one fact that I always want to share with students is the more internships you do is directly correlated to your success on the job market. How quickly you find a job, how, how you find a job that's actually something that reflects what you wanna do, what your passions and interests are, and how much you get paid, all right? There's a lot of data to show that, so you're doing all the right things. All right, let's do number two lightning round. And this one's just one thing. What's, what's one thing about Queens College that you love? I'll start off. One thing that I love about the college is how 
unique it is with the student body. We just have students from all different backgrounds with different beliefs and different perspectives. So I feel like I found some friends that I would consider long-term friends where if I went to another college, I don't think I would have found the same connections there as I did here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll second that. Just like, uh, yeah, just I, I feel all the time so privileged to just have attended and like now work at Queens College and just, you know, just meet and, and be around just capital R, like real people like every day, which is just something that I think, you know, is so easy to take for granted. Um, and, mm. you know, Rihanna mentioned the one that, that I always like to mention. So I'll just add, I, I love our, our physical campus. I think it's just like such, such a beautiful thing to kind of uh, take for granted and, and not just like the architecture or like, you know, any of like the immediate fun facts. But like, I was talking to a couple of students earlier and we were just talking about the skyline and like how beautiful it is and like how silly it is that like every time we arrive at campus that's just a, a beautiful thing but especially when you get to see the skyline with the sunset like mm-hmm. it's just a very very just like beautiful beautiful amalgamation of colors yeah. uh, and it's very silly that we have such a good vantage point of it uh, from where we are it's amazing have you ever been during sunset and seen the skyline a sunset and a flock of birds flying across it because that's incredible <laughs> that's a good queen's yeah. college stuff yeah <laughs> it's that's incredible sorry i just wanted to quickly add as someone that's in the dorms if you stop in one of the windows it's such a beautiful view especially with the sunset oh yeah that's true i've only been in the up high in the dorms once and it was a really beautiful view Rihanna, do you want to talk a little bit about living in the dorms? I think it'd be useful for people to hear about that. Sure. So I would say living in the dorms is a unique experience. I feel like the dorms actually has a different sense of belonging. Like, I feel like when you're living in the dorms, there's a sense of belonging. There's a sense of friendship and community there, along with being a student like on the actual physical campus. But in the dorms, there's also RAs that I would say they're kind of mentors as well because for a student that maybe, um, well, I was like 17, so I was really young and I was kind of getting adjusted to the idea of being on my own and, you know, living on campus, being in my own space. So it's just um, knowing that there's someone there that's a student that's also like that mentor that can kind of help you with maybe some silly questions you might have, like where is the laundry room? Or, you know, if you have simple questions, they're there for that. They're there if you um, forget your key, but they're also a friendly face. They try to check in on everyone and memorize faces. And they also do a great job of planning events to make sure that we have that opportunity to meet other students living there. And I've actually made some friends through some of those events that I would say are long-term friends also. Nice, that sounds great. What's your living space like? Like, do, is there, do you have roommates? Do you have common areas? How does that all work? Um, so I actually have a single room, but I do have three other roommates. And I would say this year I got lucky because all of my roommates are like older sisters. So they're all graduate students and I'm a graduate student also, but I'm like doing an accelerated program. So I'm younger than all of them. So I think something I really cherish is the times where we might have a night and it's like 12 a.m. and we all just check in and see how our days were and we just share moments where, you know, we're just laughing or if someone's sad, we're just there to cheer 
cheer them up. So I'd really say I appreciate having roommates that are just really kind and really are trying to form a mini family for all of us. Um, we do have a kitchen area and living room area, so we do spend some time in the living room talking and laughing, or we spend some time cooking, and I'm hopeful that maybe we'll have our own mini version of Friendsgiving. Nice. Okay, third lightning round question. And this one is getting real because college is not always easy and CUNY is not always easy. So what is something about CUNY that you have either found frustrating or challenging or difficult yourself or you've witnessed somebody else having that experience? And do you have any advice for how to handle that and get on the other side of it? I can lead with this one. I think one of the most difficult things that I experienced as a student, but now as a staff member supporting students and also it's just like a part-time adjunct and like things I hear my students say about their experiences as QC students or uh, it's just a lot of like the bureaucracy that happens and this is across higher ed this is not just a uniquely QC but you know so many all of our students are coming from very very different yeah. secondary school situations some of them you know went to a small high school with, with a few hundred students and others went with thousands of students you know and um you know, students, many students, I think, are shell-shocked or, you know, they're like, who's my advisor? And and you tell them, well, it could be any variety of people. You don't have a dedicated advisor unless you're in one of these special programs. And it's like, how do I join one of those programs? It's like, oh, you have to have done that when you applied. So, you know, so they're like, oh, and then, then they already start to feel like, oh, no, did I, you know, and like especially students in their first year are, are quick to catastrophize possibly or, you know, um, so, so just navigating like who, the biggest concern is how do I receive support for my inquiry? And like also students aren't sure exactly what their inquiry is. Many students don't understand the difference between financial aid and Burzar. Um, so, so it's like figuring out what you need and then how to get support from it and then getting support in, in a timely fashion. And it's like all of these things that I think go into what we call an education, like the hidden curriculum, you know, because you need it for success in college, you know. You need to solve that hold in order to register for next semester. And you don't want to wait till the date of your registration appointment to find out, oh, I had a hold, and then you're blocked off from registering another two weeks. Um, and I think that's really difficult. And I think it's, you know, one of the first passages into adulthood for, for many of our, especially our freshmen. Um, I think the best way to support students are programs like FYE, first year experience. And, you know, we, we try to do a lot of different forms of outreach, whether that's using the QC Navigate platform to send email blasts, whether that's physically flyering around campus, whether that's running workshops for students, or whether that's, you know, I'll mention like Rihanna, coordinates our Instagram and is like a very very good social media coordinator of like always posting stories but not just resources about our program but also things across the college um, and as well we started our TikTok over the summer just trying to meet students where they're at so I think our program not to just plug us but but is a great way to support students and just how do I navigate a bureaucratic system for the first time you know um, because throughout their life, you know, 
as they go to the DMV, as they deal with any sort of government agency, you know, they'll, they'll have to face it. And we're, we're so happy to support them. And it's teaching them how to write a formal email, how to send a follow-up, how to include all the right information, um, just knowing where to go. So I think that's one of the biggest, toughest QC, CUNY, college-wide things that, that I see for my position. Yeah, absolutely. Rihanna, what do you think? I would like to say that I agree and would like to add on my in my own way. Um, basically, a spin off of that is also the fact that, like, um, I feel like when students first arrive on a college campus, it's also finding your footing. So the whole transitioning process from thinking, like, I'm no longer in high school and now I'm in college and just trying to really figure out, well, how do I find these resources? Who do I ask? And just being, um, I guess, open to asking the questions, even if they're silly questions, because I had a lot of those questions and like something simple as like, who do I speak to when, you know, maybe I have a question about this class or um, another example is if I'm not feeling well on campus, where would you go? And, you know, there's like the office freeze hall where you would go and on the third floor you can have those services but when you're first arriving on campus this is something you might not know and with a campus that's really big you might not even know where to start with looking for these resources so yeah. i mean i think you're both saying in a way it's all about people there's this bureaucracy but there are also all these people and you just need to find the people who will offer you the guidance you need or the support you need or just the information you need Rihanna, I'm really curious if you have advice for students, because I know a lot of students are interested in social media and careers in social media. Um, do you have advice about best practices for running a professional social media handle? So one thing I would say is to really think about the audience and who you're trying to reach out to. Um, I guess one of the really important things to consider is, is this appropriate to post and not just appropriate as if is this appropriate and would it like offend someone or is it like appropriate content but more of is this appropriate for the audience like who am I trying to reach out to so if I'm trying to reach out to like a first year student you might want to include information that they would find beneficial whereas you wouldn't post something for someone that's a graduate student so like if you're trying to reach out to a first year student you might have a post that's more informational like if this is your first time being on our campus here are some resources you may need versus for a graduate student you might have resources like if you need to speak to an advisor for your graduate program or need support with like your thesis for example this is who you would contact yeah that's great advice i'm curious to know what a typical work day looks like for each of you can you describe that this is a slight like tangential story but but like in in a meeting recently so we we decorate in our office store you know with like different little designs with the names of our peer mentors and right now we have like a nice little like space theme uh the previous year we had done something more like uh ocean nautical themed and so for my name they put a little crab um and the crab has sustained itself and it is now on the door of my office um, and some of my uh, some of the higher ups in at QC visit our office, and they're like, "Jorge, we saw your crab. It was so nice." And and, and I replied, "It's because my undergrads always say I'm crabby. You know, I'll come out of my office like shouting like ah, but but um, I, I do it only to like to to uh, what is it? Just make make a silly joke of like being too much like like a formal office. I, I think a lot of uh, 
the undergraduates or you know college assistants and peer mentors that like have worked in our program have said you know this has been such like a fun office to work in as someone in a leadership position in an office that supports first year students and as someone that was you know a peer mentor in this program i understand how much or i really appreciated how much respect i was offered and how much my opinions felt like they mattered when I was an undergraduate and like how much input I had into the program that now in a more of a leadership position I really try to offer to my peer mentors, my undergraduates, even when I'm at events and I'm meeting first year freshmen and transfer students, really hearing their input and using that um, in our programming decisions. My job is the most uninteresting one from an administrative role because it's putting in things like BRCs or, or EPAS, making sure people get hired and paid and like, you know, all these like silly things responding to like a million administrative emails about budget or things and making sure we can buy pizza for the next event. So I do all the unfun like mom things that need to get done. Um, and that's a lot of what I do in the mornings around from 10 to 4. We have our in-person office hours where peer mentors come in. From 12 to 2, we also offer virtual office hours. This is all Monday through Thursday. Uh, but once we start to get people and more people float in, maybe we'll like step out. I'll step out of my office wall, like chat a little bit more, hear how people are doing. Um, and I'll set maybe any agenda with my immediate team of like college assistants. So it's just assigning different projects that helps us better funnel into our, our peer mentoring program or solving logistics um, for like the the various workshops that we're offering and so whenever I'm like too boggled down in the numbers or the emails I'm like but this is so that the peer mentors out there get to do really awesome work on the ground with our students so that that gets me through whenever I'm like oh my desk job but for example today we had um, our our photography workshop canceled so we had to start to let students know and, and reschedule. And then we hosted a podcasting workshop today as well. And so we had to coordinate with our facilitator and things like that. We had to make sure pizzas got there, all these like little logistic things um, that I'm helping coordinate. And this is a day in the life of the assistant director. So as someone in the peer mentoring position, I feel like our typical day starts with just making sure that we're responsive to the emails or the messages we get on social media just to make sure that we're also answering any questions or concerns of students. Typically after um, like the morning hours when it's more towards the afternoon we'll see a um, range of students come in so a lot of students will come in asking questions especially now about registering for classes for the spring semester or some students might have questions about certain holds they have on their accounts. Maybe if they're interested in switching their major, they're looking for someone that has experience with looking into another major and figuring out what courses they would take. Um, even assistants, if they're like a first year student with how many classes is too much for them, like we actually take the time to sit down and talk to them from the student's perspective and say, well, even if you think that you can handle this workload, maybe you want to really think about what this looks like for you and think about other things in your schedule because sometimes it's easy to forget that you're not just taking classes, you might be also working or you might be a part of different clubs or extracurricular activities on campus. So we try to really um, 
be honest and real with students to make sure that they're really thinking about what's on their schedules to make sure that they're successful. We also help with planning the workshops and making sure that everyone's questions and answers are being addressed. We recently had a workshop where we were helping students with navigating degree works and planning for the next semester and a lot of students were actually grateful because there's students that are there that are mentoring them that may have experience already in that major that they're looking into. So then they're able to have a better idea of what to expect and if they really feel that it's suitable for them. And we also encourage students not to be afraid to look into a different major or minor if they realize this isn't working out because it might seem intimidating but in the end and in the long run it's worth it. So that's what I would basically say being a peer but also kind of a friendly face and um, a cheerleader, I would also say, to encourage them. I'm really glad to hear that you talked to them about the number of courses. As a professor, I'm often shocked to find out how many credits my students are taking and have no idea how they can possibly do all that work. First Year Experience offers a huge number of really cool workshops. Can you just tell people a little bit about what some of those are? So uh, First Year Experience offers a lot of different academic support workshops as well as experiential learning workshops centered on different meta majors. I'll talk about the first, uh, the academic support workshops first. Um, so we center or we break down the semester into four campaigns. So we support students at the start of the semester with time management, then we support them for a few weeks with midterm support. Right now we're doing degree works and choosing your major minor support and we close out the semester with offering final support. Now that we're back on campus in person we've been doing a, a few sessions of that campaign but broken down into a workshop to give students a taste of what of the services they can receive if they work with a peer mentor. Um, so, for example, with our most recent Degree Works workshop that Rihanna was offering, um, students were introduced to this is how you use Degree Works, and then they were broken into groups with various peer mentors to, to start talking about how they could use Degree Works to build their schedules. And then they were informed that if you want that more one to one support with a peer mentor and you want to leave with, you know, a shopping cart of classes for next semester before you see an academic advisor come to our office hours and then you'll receive that one-on-one -on -one support. So we, we give them like a sample of the services they can receive in these larger, uh, more general academic support workshops. Um, we've also been running transfer town hall workshops this semester. The we started the one. semester and we're running another one next week. Just to hear more from our transfer students, we ran new virtual new student orientations over the summer and the biggest thing we learned is that uh, the needs of transfer students are so different than the needs of our, our freshmen and we want to be sure that we can appropri appropriately address that in our programming. So we're doing transfer town halls. Um, and then outside of those workshops, we have been doing experiential learning workshops or meta major workshops. Uh, meta major being uh, the, the language that the that CUNY or at least the college is using to, to group uh, different majors together under a general umbrella. Um, so we began last year running these meta major workshops on Zoom and we ran them as like a year-long workshop in, in eight consecutive sessions for students interested in different fields. For example, for students in, in the STEM field, we ran 
uh, how to design a video game with C++. Um, we did uh, a multimedia arts and social justice workshop for students interested in arts and humanities, for our students interested in health and human services. Um, I ran a workshop on podcasting, focusing on those interview skills that are very important for students in that field. This year, in person, we're doing shorter session workshops, and we're breaking them up between the fall and spring. So this fall, we're offering an arts workshop, a STEM workshop, and our health and human services workshop again. So for the arts, we're offering a three-session photography workshop. Um, for health and human services, we're offering a what makes a good podcast workshop. And for STEM, we're doing analyzing New York City with Python, which is, again, computer science focused, but a little bit more of also kind of like an urban studies sociology take on that. And then we're currently finalizing our programming for the spring, but we're planning on doing something in education, business, and the social sciences um, across a few sessions. Um, right now, we're just figuring out what the sweet spot is for maintaining student retention across various workshop sessions, because right now we've been running them as consecutive sessions, um, but it's easy for students to get so busy that they'll maybe drop off. So we want to make sure that they come to our workshops, get exposure to a certain field that they may be interested in, can leave with a, a project that they made, like a podcast or like a portfolio or, or a collection of photographs um, that, that gives them exposure and, and maybe pushes them towards something they may want to study or, or intern in. Um, so those have been our meta major workshops. You do so much. I want to ask Rihanna, so as a peer mentor, you've had the opportunity to actually lead workshops, right? Yes, I've had the opportunity. What's that been like and how do you how do you think it's, it might help you going forward? I'd say that it's been rewarding. Um, a lot of the times when we first walk in, there's the question of, oh, you guys are also students. So then it kind of breaks the tension and it kind of um, shifts the atmosphere and environment. You kind of see more students willing to kind of be more open and kind of ask, well, what's your major in? What did you do and what worked for you? I actually had the opportunity to have a rewarding conversation with one student where I kind of just explained a little bit about how I was able to go about my academic career and how um, utilizing summer and winter courses at times can also be beneficial. So I feel like the more information and um, experience you share with students kind of gives them a better perspective of what can work for them. So I would say something we noticed a lot is students really being present in the workshops, asking questions, maybe even forming friendships with different um, mentors or different students attending the workshops. Some of them even ask, when's the next one? Can I attend it again, even if it's the same topic? So I would say that we have a lot of people that are just excited to be a part of a good program and a good workshops. Earlier, I asked you what a typical day was like. I'm wondering if there's a day that stands out because it's not typical or maybe not a day, but an experience, something weird that happened or something special that happened, something that was just like out of the ordinary. Um, us mentors, we really have an amazing um, assistant director that's really been key to our program being successful and something 
that I would say wasn't typical is when we surprised them for their birthday. It was just a really wholesome experience, and I would say that if we didn't have Jorge as our boss, it wouldn't have been as wholesome as it was. So I really feel like um, Jorge, we all agree that Jorge is a huge part of this program. What did you surprise them with? What happened? What was the birthday celebration? We had a cute cake, and unfortunately, we horse we forced Jorge to <laughs> cut the cake. It was like <laughs> it was a cute duck, and <laughs> unfortunately, the duck is no longer with us. <laughs> the, there's like this character from like the Rilakkuma, like like uh, if you're familiar with the cartoon bear uh, called Rilakkuma, there's like a little like yellow bird like called like Kiratori. Um, and the little yellow bird was just like my internet avatar um, when I was like in college. And so I previously had like a sticker of that yellow bird on my phone case that had been just decrepit and falling apart that I've had since my college days. Um, but you know, whenever people ask about it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's my ideal self. Um, it's just the little yellow bird. So they got me this like little like duck bird cake uh, but they had left it in the freezer too long so it was just like an ice cream cake frozen and we, we you know we don't really have like knives here we have for whatever reason we, we found a bread knife in our office so we just have this frozen cake and I'm just mutilating it with a bread knife <laughs> at, at like 12 <laughs> on a Tuesday uh, you know and everyone's just like in shock because you know you're just waiting like let's cut the cake but half an hour later after also taking it to the microwave several times it just you know i kept saying like you know it's like no i'm i'm turning 27 this is me ridding my child self you know um so it was pretty wacky That's day no as far as like an atypical work day you know uh there've just been like many days especially now with like registration around the corner where you know, we are like, we have like our typical run of show during the day and we'll have students float in, but we've just been like swarmed with students the last two, three weeks of just like, you know, where it's like, there's no Jorge give us additional tasks. It's like, or like Jorge, what are our tasks for today? It's like, no, the students like need support. And we, you know, we have a lot of them. We have a lot of like freshmen and transfers that need support. And a lot of them are, are very anxious because, you know, registrations are at the corner. They see their registration appointment. Maybe they have a hold. Uh, maybe they're waiting to see an academic advisor and academic advising appointments. Academic advising at Queens College is such a wonderful, wonderful, strong department by the sheer number, volume of students that they support. It's impeccable. Um, so I always view our program and, like, any support we can offer to them is, is phenomenal to just ease their their caseload at any that we can wow. so that sounds intense you offer an unbelievable range of resources to the college but it also sounds incredibly fun to work in your office so my last question is if a student is interested in becoming a peer mentor with first year experience what should they do we hire new peer mentors or our new peer mentor application goes up at the start of the spring semester and so first-year students that participated in our program and took advantage of services and really enjoyed them in the spring can then apply to be peer mentors for the next academic year. Um, we would just say follow our Instagram or just be on the lookout in their emails and we'll be sending out information toward the start of the spring semester. 
uh, and we, we typically it's a pretty fast process we we, inter- we do all our interviews between maybe like March so our application goes up late January February we do all, we do all our interviews in March and by spring break people usually have a decision amazing well it's been a real pleasure talking to both of you Jorge and Rihanna here on QC pod and I think this is going to be really valuable for students so I really appreciate your time thank you thank you we appreciate it listening to QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We are on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org slash QC Pod. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansberg of They Might Be Giants. I'm Brittany Gallego, producer of this QC Pod episode. Thanks for listening.